Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Hello everyone, my name is uh, Sean. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who has had struggles with addiction, anger, depression, anxiety, and I could go on and on and on and on. And I'm really happy to be here with you today. Um, just a quick little hitter on my story. Uh, grew up here, was born in that hospital right there, grew up down the road. I actually went to school in the old school that sat on this property. Um, Got caught into the, the, the community of marijuana, alcohol, and partying, and rock and roll very early at 16 and 17. And you sniffed that in there with an awful lot of athletics, and uh, I walked in that cloud and haze for almost 35 years. But at 16, I did go to a place called Young Life, and a, a place called Malibu, where I gave my, Lord, my life to the Lord there, and then promptly turned my back to him and walked away as soon as I got back because it was really easy to walk with the Lord when you're at camp surrounded by people on the same journey. As soon as I got back, I was lost. But my mother prayed for me for 35 years. And 35 years later, I came back to the Lord and He's been blessing my life in so many ways with so many people since that time. Um, Celebrate Recovery was developed by Saddleback Back Church uh, down in Southern California by a guy named John Baker and uh, Pastor Rick Warren. It's based on the 12 steps like AA, but they relate biblical uh, phrases to everything that goes along with it. Uh, it's also got the uh, eight principles, and the eight principles are based on the Beatitudes. It's uh, probably the greatest sermon ever written, Sermon on the Mount. And that's what we tend to follow with uh, Celebrate Recovery. Um, Sober Recovery is a, is a faith-based program, recovery program. It is a roadmap to recovery. It's wholeness, growth, and spiritual ministry. It, uh, it's forward-looking regardless of what has happened in your life. The solution is to start making wise choices. Uh, Celebrate Recovery emphasizes personal responsibility. We cannot control all the things that happen to us, but we can control how we respond to things. Um, when we stop wasting time trying to fix the blame on why this happens, all that energy can now go towards our recovery and finding ways to move forward. Um, Celebrate Recovery addresses all kinds of hurts and hang-ups and habits. It's a, a large umbrella program. We are very blessed to be uh, uh, overseen by the, uh, uh, the, the, the ministry of our, our community. So it's not one denomination, it's every denomination. And we are incredibly supported by many pastors in this community, including uh, Dave back there, who's an incredible support and celebrate um, We address all kinds of hurts and habits and hang-ups. Uh, overworking, overeating, overspending, grief, guilt, anger, rage, fear, anxiety, divorce, sexual addiction, codependency, hurtful relationships, gambling, and also alcohol. Drug addiction. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but personally, it wasn't the dope that caught, started the problem. It was dealing with the sexual abuse that I had as a child. 
dealing with being stuck in the one crate and hoisted up to the ceiling because I was too ambitious running around. I was talking to a gentleman out there that was moving around quite a bit. I relate. I couldn't stand still when I was a kid. And the family that had me decided that they would just stick me in a one crate and hoist me up to the ceiling uh, they would to keep control of me. Uh, these things are all the types of things that I now know led me. Those are the hurts. And the, 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 the pot, the alcohol, the lying, the stealing, the putting on this mask to pretend that I was somebody that I wasn't, that was all my ways of coping with that. Um, I've seen how it can heal you. I can see how it can heal my family. It's not just an individual thing. Uh, everything is possible through Christ. And that uh, celebrating recovery, we, uh, we believe is that Jesus Christ is our higher power. He's our rescuer. He's our restorer from the devastation of addiction, depression, and dysfunctional families. Um, Amen. Yes. Uh, we are a pretty easygoing group. We want to walk beside you. Uh, if you want to get fixed, if you want to have someone solve your problems, we are not the place to come to. We are, though, very happy to walk alongside you, support you, and walk this journey with you. Uh, I know personally that surrounding myself with people that are on the same journey that I'm on, that some have had the same struggles or similar struggles, is what supports me when I'm in, in dire trouble. I have people that I can pick up the phone right now and call, and they'll, they'll pray with me, they'll talk to me about what's, what's hurting me, and vice versa. And these are people that are gonna be my friends my accountability partners for the rest of my life. They're what's going to maintain my sobriety, they're what's going to maintain my focus on, on Jesus Christ. It's, it's the only way that I know of. Because I tried it on my own. I tried it for 35 years on my own. And I kept falling on my face and falling on my face. So I know how it turns out when I do it on my own. But when I turn to Christ, it changes the whole dynamic, it changes the whole story. Because all things are possible. On Friday nights is when we meet. We meet up the road on, on Logan Garrett Highway Church. Uh, we meet at about 7 o'clock is when we do worship. And then we do a, a, a large group where we'll do uh, stories. We'll also do uh, testimonies. People come and give their testimony. Sharing your story is an incredible way to let others know that there is hope. The victories that you have. When you have this victory, it is, it is so encouraging for others to see the end game, if I stick it out, this guy was in the same place as I was. And if I continued on, the opportunity is there to be healed. Um, so at 7 o'clock, the worship, then the larger, then we break into gender-specific share groups. And they're small share groups. A lot of them are uh, somewhat specified to keeping people in the same situation. But you, will, you, you have the opportunity to share what's on your heart and discuss safe, confidential, what you see there stays there. Who you see there is going to stay there. You don't have to worry about anybody knowing you coming down to Southern Academy. So we welcome all that want to come and join us. Uh, we would love to see you come and join us. Um, every one of our leaders down there have had struggles. They've all had addiction struggles or dysfunctional family struggles. Uh, two of our very uh, adored leaders have been through the recovery homes in this community. They've been on that journey. Uh, they can relate to what's going on in your life right now. Uh, unlike many others that have not walked 
through that. They, they can walk through that with you. They've been there. They, they get it. And, and they're just a blessing. Um, in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, it says, He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we comfort them. The same comfort God gives us. That's really important that we're, uh, we're going to walk together, we're going to comfort each other, and carry each other whenever we do. Just like uh, when Christ does, that when we fall flat on our face, He's going to be returned and He'll pick us up and carry us through those dark moments. And when we're ready to walk again, He'll step back and let us walk again. But He never leaves our side, He's always right there with us. As soon as we ask Him into our lives, He's going to be on that journey with you for the rest of your life. And he's willing to do it because he's a God of grace, he's a God of love, and he's a God of healing. I, I would really love to see any one of you come on over on Friday nights. Uh, it's a great night. We celebrate. It's not it's it's not humdrum. We're celebrating recovery. We're there to have a good time to celebrate the incredible victories we can have in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Um, I'd like to, to thank you for allowing me to share. Uh, it is it's encouraging to see people who decide to turn their lives over to Christ because that is what it means to us. Thank you so much. Feast, they said, as there may be 
they were wrong by judging her and, and trying to, um, I guess for me it was to um, like downgrade her and thinking she's doing wrong by Jesus, even though she knew because of Jesus saying he's going to be on the cross in two days and sacrifice for them for their sins. So we're over here. Judas was critical of Mary and hypocritical of God, always finding faults in others. Um, Jesus emphasized that Mary is doing something good for him. And if you think about the divine stewardship, doing something for the Lord that she would never be able to do again because he'd be dead on the cross in two days. So I can see a lesson in that from God that to to always remember to do good by others, especially people that are close to you, because you don't ever really know that they're going to be there the next day, or if you're going to be there the next day. You know, and I was listening to a sermon the other day on this chapter, and the, the preacher or the pastor said that uh, you can't do it in heaven because in heaven we're all everything's there for us, right? It's, it's a mar marvelous place. So. You can't be doing good by others in heaven because we're all divine. Like we're, we're all in the place that we want to be. So here on earth as, as we are now, we should continue doing good by others. So where are we now? Verses 14 to 17. Um, oh, then one of the twelve, the one who called Judas, as went to the chief priests. And asked, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they are counted, so they counted on him 30 silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for the opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? <clears throat> um, while I was researching this, <clears throat> still sorry, they Judas, they have other, I guess, scholars, you could say, thought that Judas thought that Jesus was going to be a political messiah. So Jesus would come and overthrow the Roman government and take over the lands, and then the Jewish people could, you know, flourish and not be taken over or not be um, controlled or... or um, what is it? Uh, Lawed by the Romans, but where is it here? Take a little back. Judah is referring. Judah has also been referred to as the son of perdition. Perdition meaning eternal damnation. Another fact is the thirty pieces of silver that Judah got for turning in Jesus was about the price of a slave back in those days. So he didn't really get a lot of money for him. He uh, just basically did it because of, of his, let's say, dislike for what he was doing and, and the path that he was on. Where are we here? Okay, verses 18 to 30. He replied, go to the city of a certain, and a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at the home. So the disciples did as Jesus directed them to prepare the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. 
And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, no one will be, uh, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after another, surely not me, Lord. So he left them and went away one more. Oh, Oops, wrong page. <laughs> too many pages, too small for um, Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. I would, I would be, uh, it would be better for him if he were not born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi, Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. Um, the disciples that he sent, according to the book of the book of Mark and Luke, was Peter and John, one of the closest disciples that Jesus had. And he sent them over to prepare the Passover at the, at this, the house of Simon the leper. Um, the meal actually took place before Passover. It was the day before Passover, as in John 13:1, and then John 13:28, Jesus was actually crucified. Crucified, sorry on Passover. Um, the traditional Passover meal is a slaughtered lamb, and they make it up to like a hundred thousand lambs would be slaughtered in the name of God in Passover previous years before this. And, and because of the Romans and the way that the Bible and the Gospel was preached back then. Um, Jesus at the time, he just wanted to have the bread and the wine. So it's going to signify his blood, or his body, the bread, and and the blood as a Pharisee shall go. Okay, yeah, so he has the bread and the blood, so the body of him and the, I mean the bread and the wine, the body and the blood. So Jesus mentions about one who will betray him. The longest, and Jesus knew this the whole time. Like he, he knew all, he knew that his disciple Judah would betray him, and he still had him close to him. Um, maybe for a feeling that he might actually not do it and, and follow the Lord instead of following his own free will. Um, in John 13, 26, Jesus answered, is it the one to whom I give the piece of bread? He gave it to Judas. And soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. Okay, verses 31 to 46. Then Judas told him, The very night you will all fall away from him. Then Jesus spoke. Sorry. Then Jesus told him, The very night you will all fall away and count on me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead to the, into the city of Galilee. Peter replied, Even if I fall away on, on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I do die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Man. And he said to them, Sit here while I go ever 
Lord, go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch for me. Going a little farther, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, it is possible may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as your will. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away the second time and prayed, My father, it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. May, you, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were weary. Um, then the high priest tore off the cloak of the world. I thought I was organized, but... So he left them on to wait one more time and pray for the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us hear. Let us go. Here comes the betrayer. Um, Peter declared that he would never disown Jesus. But Jesus knew Peter's weaknesses and the fact that he was relying on his own strength and not the strength of the Lord. Um, Peter's, Peter thought that, well, from what I've read, Peter thought that he, he had the strength of the Lord within him, but he wasn't, let's like, say, connected to the Lord. Now, I can relate to that. Um, for me, on my last relapse, like, I thought that I had the strength of the Lord in me, and I, I did my prayers, and I, and I did my my worship, and, and I followed um, Jesus calling every day and all that, but I didn't have that strength inside me. I, I fell off, I guess you could say, slowly, but surely it just kept getting weaker and weaker, and, and the fact that my spirit was not within me, like, I, I guess you could say, my spirit was on the outside and not within. Like, I could show people that I was going to church and show people I was doing all the right things, but when inside me, I was doing all the wrong things. Um, I, my my um, heart was broken. My, my soul was torn apart. You know, I, I felt guilt and shame every day, like living with friends and, and doing all the wrong things and trying to think I was pulling the wool over their eyes. Like, even with Peter sitting here that he wouldn't... Um, deny Jesus, like, and Jesus already knew, you know, Jesus already knew, like, and then just, like, I was living with my friends, they already knew, but they still pretended like they didn't know, I guess, I don't know, my account, but, or maybe in my head I thought that they didn't know, um, where we, Wash and pray so 
not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Like I said there, it's your spirit is willing to do it is to do what you want to do for God, but if your body isn't in it, I guess, like you're 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 still man, like we're still flesh. Like I say to a lot of people how um, not to give into the fleshy parts of this world, you know. And obviously I do too, because I, I do still sin, I'm not perfect. But um, I used to always say that to certain friends of mine. Where are we? How far in did I get? On 447 now. Oh man, there's like 75 here. <laughs> 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 That's funny because I was talking to David the other day, he goes, Are you going to do all 75? I'm like, Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I printed this off way too small. Okay, so uh, while he was still sleeping, Judas of, Judas of the Twelve arrived. With him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of people. Now the betrayal, now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the one is the is the man arrested. Going to the going to once going at once to Jesus, Jesus said, Greetings, Rabbi, I kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Was one of was one of Jesus' companions reached out. I'm gonna read it off here, it's probably easier. According to Jesus, greetings, Rabbi, kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you need to. Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, Jesus, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant on the high priest or servant of a high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will not at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that says it must happen in this way? In the hour Jesus said, in that hour Jesus said to the crowd, I'm leading a rebellion. I'm, I'm, I'm leading a rebellion that you have to come out with swords and clubs to capture me. Every day I sat to the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me, but this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who arrested Jesus took him to Capias, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him in the distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priest and the whole sanguine were looking at the false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, "I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so." Jesus replied, "But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of the Mighty One and 
coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do you need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophecy to us, Messiah, Messiah, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard, and the servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out of the gateway, where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know that man. After a little while, was standing there, went up to Peter and said, Surely you are the one. You are one of them. Your agent, your accent gives them away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the whole, the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, he would disown me three times, and he went outside and wept bitterly. Um, like, I was looking, when I was reading through this, I, I am remembering about all uh, other passages in the Bible, there's a lot of threes that I've come to, like, there's, I can't remember exactly what the verse was, but the visions were coming to three, in three times that people, Jesus was saying a lot, like, he went to his father and prayed to him three times before, before he got arrested there. Um, Peter denying him three times. Uh, the Holy Trinity is three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, and then there's like, Peter was told that he was gonna die, Jesus three times, by Jesus. And at this point, Jesus is, that's, like he's healed the sick, he's healed the blind, He's, um, what, uh, broke bread for 5,000. He filled the fishermen's nets with uh, fish when they couldn't find any fish. He uh, raised people from the dead. Like, I don't know, if it was me, I would be believing what he's saying. Like, it, it's a person that you're following, and Peter's still to a point where, where I guess that kind of comes into play where his body was not... Like his spirit was high, but his body was, what was that again? I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, then, you know, I don't know, since I was reading this, there's also another couple of things. The, the Last Supper, they said when I kept going over and over and over the different stuff in this, like I was gonna have my first part when I wrote this last week was basically all facts, and I would be sitting here and reading bullet points to you. Um, and then I thought that was no good, so I got rid of it, and I got to this point. But they didn't have a table back then, and, and they didn't all kind of sit there and pose for a picture. Like, there were the facts that I, the stuff that I read about, like, their tables were on the ground, and they were a U-shaped. And that's why they said, like, even when in the scripture here, where it says that he was reclined back when she was pouring the oils on him, because it's lying on the ground with his head facing the table and he's reclined back. So that's when she was bathing him in oil for his crucifixion. Um, and there's so many different things that, that came to life to me reading the scripture. Um, the fact of where I came from before and the life I was leading and, and how 
things like even with Judah selling people out, like selling out Jesus and and uh, relation to certain things that happened in my life. Um, the fact that Peter denied him three times and even the fact that there's stuff like that that has happened in my life. But since I've come to Christ, I've learned that I have to be vulnerable and, and to be able to love and to feel love. I have to um, love myself mostly so I can love others. And Jesus has taught me that I need to love everyone. I should, I was told in the beginning when I first came to Jesus five years ago that I don't have to particularly like, like everyone or get along with everyone, but I should love them. Um, being vulnerable for me has not been a big thing for my life coming from child abuse and a lot of other bad things. So in the last five years trying to come up, even standing before you and talking about this is a big step for me. Uh, I know that the journey with God brings me joy in blessings, it brings me joy in the trials and tribulations. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine the other day, he was kind of in a bad place and I told him he needs to find joy in the trials and tribulations that are going to life because my Christian mentor that I, that I learned a lot from over the last five years, he's always told me that, like, no wonder what happens is your journey with God. Like he's going to be there with his right hand guiding you through the trouble. And obviously all of us can attest to that because especially us that's come from addiction and from alcoholism and all that, we were here today and we're living proof that there is God and God was taking care of us. Because I don't know about you guys, but I, I was on my deathbed a few times. You know, maybe it wasn't from the drugs, but it was from things that I did because of the drugs. Um, so with that, I'd like to just bless everyone today. I hope that their year 2022 comes with all the blessings and all the love that can come from family and friends and from the Lord. And I thank you for that, Michelle. joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you just want to talk to somebody about what you've heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.